This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Hey everyone, uh, Ray and I are live here today. This is Matthew Parvis is with us. And Matt, I got to thank you because um, this is the first time we've actually done this live. Yeah, that's appreciate. awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate you guys using me as your thing, uh, so to speak. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. But uh, this is team business number 20. Uh, Matthew Parvis, as I said, joins us as the co-founder and CEO of Fresh Clean Teas. We're really excited to have him on board. Uh, he's a busy guy, so for him to take the time and talk to us a little bit about his business and his team is uh, something that th- we're very thankful for. So thank you for that, Matthew. 100%. We're really excited to be joining you guys. Yeah, so if you notice, I think the shirt that Matthew has on and the shirt that Ray has on <laughs> probably shares a common theme. What, what do you guys say? I think so. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of his products. I like it. <laughs> Those, yeah, they fit the one, that, the one that Ray's wearing is is the t-shirt that like helps start the whole thing right there. The black, mm-hmm. black V-neck is what I wore almost religiously uh, for for uh, a long time, and uh, I've now I di- diversify a little bit, throw in a crew neck action here once in a while as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crew neck's cool, man. See, like me, I go with the crew neck because you know Ray's got all the muscles and the pipes, <laughs> so I got it. I can't do the V-neck like Ray, you know. <laughs> when you got it, when you, when yeah. you, when you got it, you got it, right? <laughs> yeah. So to get started here, uh, Matthew, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, the role you play in your company, and of course, a little bit about Fresh Clean Teas, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. So uh, you know, as the guy said, I'm uh, Matthew Parvis. I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Fresh Clean Teas. Um, you know, I'll give you the quick kind of synopsis of, of how we, we started this this company. I think it's like more interesting than hearing about me. Um, you know, uh, we started this business and my co-founder and partner is, is my wife, Melissa Parvis. Um, so we we decided at some point that we wanted to kind of commingle our um, our professional side of our lives on top of having, uh, you know, a, a marriage. Um, and part of that was we wanted to create a, a hobby business that would, you know, hopefully make a few bucks on the side. Um, but realistically would just kind of combine uh, our, our unique skill sets, um, to create something that we had fun working on together. Um, so, so my background is, is in marketing and content strategy, uh, and a little bit of production mixed in there as well. Um, I, um, I worked for a, a large um, content site in the uh, online poker um, industry. So I, I worked for a company called PokerNews.com. It was basically like the ESPN, so to speak, that covered all of the major poker tournaments around the globe. Um, and so I, I was very comfortable with promoting content and marketing. And, and Melissa's background has been um, in the, the apparel space. So she worked for... 
um, Hurley and Billabong, Pacific Sun, and then worked for like a really large screen printer in um, in Las Vegas, which is where we met. Um, that was producing shirts for Tough Mudder and Disney and uh, UFC, and really like if you could buy t-shirts at like an event, whether it's like a sporting event or, you know, a, like a theme park or an airport, um, they're all being produced by this company uh, out in Las Vegas. And so we thought like, okay, well, what's, what's big right now? Uh, and at the time, Dollar Shave Club was really like kind of had exploded. Um, we wanted to do something that had some sort of subscription element to it. And, um, you know, Melissa's background paired with my background paired with, as I mentioned, like my propensity to wear nothing but you know, black V-neck t-shirts at the time led us to think of like, oh, it'd be great if I just got these in the mail once a month and I didn't have to go to the department store or Target or, or wherever it was to, to purchase these t-shirts, which, you know, ultimately led to them being fairly inconsistent in the way they fit, the way they felt. And so I was constantly like looking in, in my closet, like to find the one or two that I really liked to wear versus like the barrage of shirts that I would just kind of then throw back into the closet. Um, and so that led us to, to fresh clean teas. Um, and so we started the business out of our like townhouse in San Diego and it was a subscription only at, at the, at the start. And, and, and thanks to um, a, a lot of the relationships that Melissa had with um, in, in the apparel space, we were able to start in a way that was far more like lean than I think a lot of uh, businesses in the apparel space have to. We didn't have to take huge inventory swings, um, which really allowed us to manage our cash very effectively and create like a profitable a profitable business from from the get go. Um, and you know, six years later, um, we we have grown Fresh Clean Teas into a brand that is doing you know like close to 60,000 orders a month and um, is, is Amazing. The, the favorite t-shirt of, of a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, guys across the U S and, and, and hopefully expanding that and globally in, you know, next couple of years. So it's been, it's been an amazing ride and um, I'm just so fortunate to, to not only have uh, been working on something that I love to work on, but to be working on it with, you know, my wife, um, who we can kind of share that side, you know, our, our business side and, and, and the personal side, which does get, you know, a little complicated from time to time, not yeah, going to lie. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah, at the same time, sure. it's something that we're both very, very proud of. And, and I think that our relationship as a couple has really been the catalyst um, for, for a lot of our success. That's awesome, man. I mean, I, I give you guys a lot of credit, you yeah. know, my wife and I have spoken in the past and like, we always say there's no way we could work together. We just, She'll probably strangle me, and I—I I don't know. Probably kill each other. <laughs> yeah, it would just wouldn't be a good thing, man. But that's great that yeah. you guys can make it work, and you use both of your strengths, you know, and your your yeah. backgrounds to kind of join forces and make it happen. Uh, I think the next question uh, before we get to Ray's question is pretty straightforward, but we'd like to ask, uh, we'd like to ask it. I mean, the name of your company is Fresh Clean Teas. You talked a lot about t-shirts, uh, sixty thousand orders per month. You know, I think a lot of people that um, subscribe to you know, social media platforms, see what you guys, you know, the products you offer online. So what is that? What is it all t-shirts for our audience? Is it hundred percent t-shirts? For the most part, <laughs> I'd say 80% of our business is, is t-shirts. Um, we, we, we have, um, like offshoots. I mean, so, so our t-shirts are, are, I'd say, you know, crew neck and V neck and then in a, a variety of colors. And, um, on top of that, we, we have, 
sort of the like the natural extensions to t-shirts so we've got long sleeve t-shirts we've got tank tops um we have uh you know henleys which are the kind of like the little the three little placket buttons here right, that kind right, of yeah. allow you to style it up a little bit um for maybe a date night and then we have you know uh, um some sweatshirts hoodies pullovers uh that sort of thing so so really like you know, we're, we're focused uh on um you know what we consider to be like the basic kind of uniform pieces in any guy's wardrobe um we actually just we just launched socks so we have socks and like a crew neck length yeah. sock and, um and a no-show we're adding uh kind of ankle lengths here in, in, in the summer um and then we're actually uh, introducing fresh clean polos uh in june as well so um you know my, my goal with that is like straight from the couch to the golf course um the same sort of like comfortable material that our t-shirts are made out of we're, we're making our polos uh, out of as well so not quite like a performance polo but really really comfortable soft exactly what you would expect out of a t-shirt if you might need to go to a meeting or you know meet some meet, meet up with your buddies at the golf course after work it's it's the perfect companion to to our t-shirts nice that's awesome that's awesome good for you guys for the growth and diversity you're adding yeah so you guys are yeah. you guys are like 100 e-commerce right nothing no no retail stores correct yeah we are um you know all all e-commerce all online um we we always tell like our san diego uh you know the local san diego community that if you can find us we you might get like a might get a surprise you know if you find the office um there's <laughs> yeah we, we don't carry all of our gear here at the office um we ship out of a, a warehouse in in indiana right now um but um you know there's a lot of a lot of goodies at the office when, when we just um moved into a new office right in downtown la jolla um yeah. previously we were in uh pacific beach so we were um like right on garnett and gresham in, in pacific beach so locals that, that know us like uh, you know donut spot over there but we would have people kind of knocking on the door asking if they could buy some shirts um, <laughs> so, uh, and and typically we bring them up and then we just give them a bunch of shirts because we actually have no physical way to sell them um, outside of the website usually so uh, <laughs> Lucky, lucky customer. That's how Ray got his collection going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's banging every day. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, when you started the company, I mean, what, uh, as far as our audience can uh, understand, I'm, uh, you must have faced some challenges uh, as far as hurdles, trying to get it off the ground, get it going and get it to, I mean, obviously to the point where you're at now. I mean, can you tell us some of the challenges you guys faced? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a day that goes by that there's not some sort of challenge yeah. to be honest. You. And, and I think that's really important for, for anyone out there that's either an aspiring entrepreneur or has a small business, um, you know, w whether it's a, you know, a, a, a local you know, restaurant or, or an e-commerce company like ours. I think it's all about like rolling with the punches um, and, and kind of embracing all of the issues that do come through um, in a way that allows you to um, sort of forge forge your business and and get stronger uh you know both from a team standpoint and, and also from a, you know whether it's the problem you know the problem might be the product one day or we're you know we, we had an issue where at one point we had ordered you know a few thousand of our heather gray t-shirts and we were getting all this feedback that hey these are shirts are they're not fitting the same as as your other shirts and you know we started looking into it and like the fabric was was not doing what it 
was supposed to do. Um, and you know, it happens from time to time, right? When you're, yeah. you're producing like t-shirts at, at large quantities, like there are going to be issues with, with quality from time to time that, you know, you might not catch whether it's at the factory or what we're at the warehouse and you don't know that there's a problem until it's in your customer's hands. And then it just becomes a decision as to kind of how do you move forward, right? Like yeah. do you continue to sell a t-shirt that you know is inferior to the rest of your t-shirts, you know, knowing that like if you pull this, it's, it's, you know, thousands of dollars of, of a loss, right? Where we're just going to yeah. be like either writing off this inventory or, or, or donating. But at, at the end of the day, all of these problems help you, define your processes and, and, and kind of move forward. And so, you know, we had that happen and what we, what we learned from it, we pulled all that inventory and, and really um, basically just donated it all and, and kind of wrote it off. Um, but realistically, um, you know, we were able to use that experience to then put in better processes at the factory, like QA level to ensure that we were, um, you know, measuring the shirts before wash, measuring the shirts after washes, like before they even hit our warehouse. Um, and so, so there's like, a, you know, probably dozens of stories like that, whether it's, you know, t-shirts that, that like are, are not like within the realm of, of, of our quality assurance or whether it's, you know, a warehouse mistakenly throwing out like, you know, 200 labels of, of orders where you, you know, then have to kind of like, you, you've got customers who think that their order has been fulfilled and, and, but the, actually the, the label never made it onto the package or, you know, that there's, there's always going to be problems. There's, as a business is scaling and growing, you know, what, what worked when you made that decision last year might not work this year. And, and you know, we yeah. see that all the time with like partners that we work with, whether they're like marketing partners and agencies or whether they're, you know, fulfillment and, and logistics partners, they, they were, you know, Things sometimes don't always work out um, long term, and that's okay because it probably was the right decision when we made that decision a year and a half ago, when the business was a certain size, and now the business is a different size and need has different needs. And so, I do think it's really, really imperative to always be flexible and, and kind of look at yeah. those issues as, as positives versus negatives. Well, yeah, and all those uh, those many ways you were, you mentioned how you pivot based on challenges you face. I mean, obviously that also what tells me that's a lot of touching points that you as a company have to have on your product and your process, more touching points than probably you and your spouse could handle. So it tells me about your team around you and the trust you have in your team around you in order to make sure they execute those touching points. How'd you build that team? Yeah, I mean, we, we took a very slow approach at first. Uh, I, I think Melissa and I were, uh, operating with really like two full-time employees for the first four years that we were running the business. And so the, the, there's pros and cons to that. The, the pros are that, you know, we understood every role at the company very like intimately because at some point one of us or both of us have actually done everything from customer service to, you know, operations, to marketing, to, you know, product development. Um, and so, um, and then it got to a point where we, like you mentioned, we, we did need to start building a team. And, and what we tried to, to do was let's find people that are, you know, smarter and more experienced than ourselves when it comes to the specific role that we are looking for. So if we're looking for someone that's like a, you know, a, a head of marketing, you know, I want someone that's going to 
challenge everything that I've done on the marketing side versus someone that I'm going to be able to just say, hey, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. If we're looking for someone on, you know, operations or, or you know, logistics, like we, we're, we take the approach of, you know, who is the best person that we could possibly bring into the business that would, that would fit that role, but then also like fits into the culture that we're trying to build. Um, so, so I think that there's two really key components to it. It's, it's culture fit is, is so important because you need to know that if you're going to battle with someone every day, that you're going to have a like-minded sort of philosophy to the way that you live and work. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that we have like a bunch of robots that are all like thinking exactly <laughs> the same way, but it just, you know, it, it means that our, our values are, are aligned. Um, and, and, and the second piece of that puzzle is finding people that are just really, really talented, really, really smart. Um, and, and also have a drive to succeed. Um, so I, I think you can have someone that is like extremely skilled, but if they don't have like a lot of will to get better or to learn, you know, they're going to be stuck in a spot where they're like, okay, you're good at your job. Um, but you might not be the perfect fit for our brand. Um, whereas if you find someone that's like really highly skilled or maybe even like has, has medium skill, but is like extremely motivated to succeed and to learn like that's the perfect fit is you, you find someone that's really, really smart, also really motivated and you typically find a, a lot of wins there. Um, but at the end of the day, like as you're like building team, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and, and realize that you as, as the founders, Melissa and I, as, as the founders are, our job is to put everyone in the position to succeed. And so if they are not, for whatever reason, succeeding, you know, the first thing that we do is, is we identify like, what are we doing that is not setting this person up for success and, and, and kind of taking it from there versus looking to like point fingers. And so I think it's all about like, like accountability uh, and, and building a team that is willing to, to trust one another and, and, and kind of go to bat, um, you know, mixed with that, you know, really, really high level of, of skill and, and talent. I love that, man. That's it's, it definitely shows a, a true sense of leadership there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a good feeling, Matthew, how this next question you're going to answer, but I would assume, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, a lot of people, obviously, the last year, we've talked a lot about COVID, COVID-19, the pandemic, how that's affect businesses, how that's affect or change the way companies operate. To me, you had the perfect setup. Um, I understand, you know, there may have been some logistics and, you know, maybe some, some supply chain issues. I'm not sure. That's what I wanted to ask you, but overall, like, how did how did COVID nineteen affect fresh clean teas, and if so, how? Yeah, I mean, I think COVID affected every business, right? Yeah. Like, I think that we all had had a lot of, uh, you know, there was impact, whether it was um, very, very uh, like clear, clear impact where you know, like, your business is fully shut down, or whether there was like a you know, kind of trickle down impact by what's happening in the the, the economic climate by by what has been uh, has gone on with with COVID. But certainly, uh, you know, and and we are extremely fortunate and blessed to have had like our business, um, you know, see great success during COVID. I, I think that the, the the buying patterns of of most of America had shifted. Uh, it was forced to shift away from going into physical 
you know, brick and mortar, whether it's like department stores or big box stores and, and had to turn their attention to buying things online. And, and then you mix that with the idea that everyone started to work from home and people were looking to buy more comfortable, um, you know, clothing that they, that they knew that they could either be on a zoom call or, or still be at home. Um, but they're not wearing suits and ties, uh, quite, quite like they once were. And so, you know, you, you pair those two together, um, you kind of throw in the, the fact that like for a few months worth of time, like a lot of giant businesses like airlines and mm-hmm. Expedia's and, and travel facing businesses were not really spending advertising dollars on like the, the major platforms like Facebook and, uh, and Google, uh, because they had really nothing to sell. And you created this like really prime opportunity for a lot of e-commerce businesses like fresh clean teas where you know we were just getting a lot more bang for our buck uh, with the advertising dollar because we weren't competing with um you know the the behemoths that were spending millions and millions of dollars a month and so you know thanks to that i you know like i said earlier you know we were extremely fortunate sure we had we had tons of, of of problems that were part of that Right. Like you mentioned, like supply chain, like getting shirts, yeah. you know, um, from point A to point B, we, we had to like juggle our supply chain quite a bit. And, and we did. We made some decisions that I think without COVID, we probably wouldn't have made. But we made the like decisions that were meant to at first and foremost, keep our employees employed, you know, and, and I think second was to keep our customers uh, getting the ability to, to, to purchase quality product from us. And so, um, you know, it, it's hard for me sometimes to think about COVID as being such a, like a big, you know, winning time for us because of all of the suffering that it did create for, you know, millions of people. And, and, you know, even personally, we, we dealt with some loss in our family due to COVID. And, um, and so it, it's, it's hard to reconcile that that there's been so much loss, but at the end of the day, we'll look back at you know 2020 as being you know a, a time where really like catapulted our business into a space that has allowed us to do what we're doing right now. It's amazing, man. Sorry to hear about the loss of the family. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we know it was a really you know, obviously brutal, brutal time for a lot of people, and uh, hopefully, it's you know we're learning uh, about ways to keep the virus away, but seems to be getting better but it's hard to hear that uh yeah man so what's what's next for fresh clean teas where you guys had we've got a lot on the like in the pipeline right now um we are um you know obviously first and foremost we're we're going to grow this team um to to continue to to build on the success that we've had um we're really focused on um, staying in our lane uh, is kind of like our internal rallying cry, right? Like we think that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done with, with our like core product, which is like men's t-shirts and basics. And we're trying to find ways to continue to tap into improving the product that we do have and, and getting them on to more guys. And, and that means like more inclusive sizing, um, it means probably like the introduction of, of our tall tee, which is going to be coming out in the summer. Um, you know, we mentioned the polos and, and, and tanks, which are, are great extensions. Um, ultimately, um, for us, I think that people have asked, oh, are you going to do a women's line? Are you going to do this line? Are you going to do kids? I mean, these are all things that we are, are on the radar, but 
excuse me, until we feel like we've really perfected what we're doing when it comes to just men's basics and t-shirts, um, th there's, you can get very easily distracted by like the idea of, of flashy, exciting new lines. And so, you know, it's not really the sexy answer, but um, continuing to refine and perfect this kind of growth engine and product engine that we've got is, is really at the, the, like the key um, for us to see success through 2021 and beyond. Yeah. That's, that's awesome great. that you guys know that and you have, you know, you have a good feel and uh, you know, you're streamlined. I mean, you know what you do and you do it great and you figure, Hey, why, why change it if it's working well? Right. Sure. Um, so yeah, thanks for that answer, Matthew. Appreciate it. Well, uh, almost end of, end of our segment here, Matthew, but, uh, you typically like to ask a couple of feel good questions to all of our guests here. Uh, First one's an easy one, <laughs> easy one here. So uh, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what, what, what do you think you'd be doing? It would depend on whether like I had to get paid or not. Like if I could just play <laughs> golf day, I would do that for sure. But I certainly would not be making any money doing it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not an easy game, is it? Oh, man. No. <laughs> oh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle every single time. Oh, yeah. So Matthew, here's a tough one, but this one always makes people cringe. But uh, you know, obviously, you have a great you're your wife. You you guys have a business together, so obviously your relationship is strong. What would you say she likes most about you? What she likes most about me, um, I think that I have a fairly like upbeat personality. Um, I I kind of like treat. I, I like to bring humor into almost everything that we do. And so I like to always be kind of attacking problems with, with humor. So I, I, I think she probably would say my sense of humor. And here's the harder one. <laughs> oh boy. What does your wife like least about you? Um, I, I, on top of like a sense of humor, I also have like a really fiery temper. And so, um, and it, and it kind of like, do you really? Wow. I would have never I thought would, so. I would not suspect that one. It, it it manifests itself in very like you know strange ways. It's not necessary. It's not a temper. I, I never like lose my cool like with my family. It it'll always be like if something goes like awry at like a hotel or something like that, and I like lose my mind and I like all. It's very embarrassing. It, it's <laughs> I blame my father actually because we he used to call it the Parvis fits where he would just kind of like this this blind rage about like something completely like ridiculous and i <laughs> definitely have the same thing and uh i catch myself kind of not it doesn't it doesn't manifest itself often it's probably every every like you know maybe once every two months or something like that while i have like a little temper tantrum and so i think that's probably what she likes the least about me does it happen while driving no, I'm pretty good. Okay, the okay. She's, <laughs> she's definitely more of the, the uh, you know, she certainly gets us into trouble from time to time by like yelling at people on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, Does she? That's my, big, <laughs> my biggest issue is that I'm not very patient on the road. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> no, note to self. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, lastly, I mean, are you a sports fan? I am. Yeah. I'm a huge sports fan. So what's your, uh, what would, what's your favorite team? Who's your favorite team? Man. So I, I was born and raised in New York. So yeah. I am a huge New York Giants fan, yes. New York Rangers fan. And oh man, York right Rangers here. Fan. 
Mets fan. So, Mets? Yeah, I, I kind of have a very strange uh, like. Yeah, because it's usually Giants, Yankees, Mets, Jets. It's usually Mets, Jets, Islanders. Yeah. And I blame this on the fact that I did grow up in Manhattan for like seven years when the Mets won the world. My first sports memory is the Mets winning the World Series Mm. in 1986. And uh, and then I also have memories of the Giants being good in in 86 and 90. Mm. Yeah. So. And then from there, the Mets decision was a really terrible one to take, right? Like as a young, young child, because it's just led to years and years of torment moving forward. Um, you know, I, I, the Giants are, have, have provided some of the, the most like fantastic sports memories of my, of my life. And the Rangers, unfortunately, like are 1994. A, lot of, a lot of good, but like mostly like, never get there except for like you mentioned in 1994 so uh yeah i'm 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 still i still bleed all my new york colors when it comes to sports um i I actually have become a a a, a padres fan obviously living in san diego i follow the padres i love what the padres are doing um i just can't still when if they play each other i i tried this one time i tried i was like you know screw the mats i'm done I tried rooting for the Padres, and I just can't. It's just not. It's not in my blood. Um, but outside of of the Mets, the Padres are, have become uh, have won won my heart. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you, man, we have a similar upbringing in sports because I grew up in New Jersey. My parents are both New Yorkers. But my first real memory, because I was born in '78, so my first real memory of of baseball was those '86 Mets and. I can name every player in that in that lineup even today, and I was never became a Mets fan. I'm a Yankees fan because my pops raised me a Yankee fan, but I can name every single Met on that team. Yeah, that was just yeah. a cool team. That was a great team. And then the Rangers, I can't stomach. I mean, I'm a Devils fan. Okay. Uh, okay. In '94, on your way to victory, you guys broke our hearts. Even though we came back and won in '95. Plenty of wins though. <laughs> as a Devils fan, I mean. But you and I share the Giants, man. I was yeah. actually there in 08 when we beat the Pats. Oh, I was in Arizona. Been. I was in the building. What what an experience that must have been. I, I am. Uh, I can't wait for uh, for you know sports to get back and they're be able to let. Well, I mean, sports is back, but allowing a lot yeah. more fans in the building. Like yeah. I'm definitely planning a, a a trip to to watch. I think the Giants play out in LA this year. Yeah, uh, they do. The Chargers. Yeah. We have an what? NFC East rival sitting next to us here, by the way. I feel your pain oh, about God. not winning since 95 because I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. So, oh, uh, boy. Yeah, I used to that. live in Dallas, so I have an okay, excuse. Fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We're going to win the division this year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say every year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not that crazy, right? <laughs> but, yeah, Matthew, thank you again, man. That was really enjoyed the, the talk. and Really great. appreciate it guys thank you so much for having me and and uh you know thanks for everything and i'm, I'm sure your your listeners are are, that, are 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 lucky to have you guys uh giving them uh, a lot of great business advice so thank you very much yeah thanks thank man you. and i think for our audience something that i really take away from this talk with matthew and you should also especially if you're a small business owner and starting a small business is you can't ever give up and that's what it comes down to uh, no matter how easy or great a business looks from the outside, there's always going to be the struggles and challenges on the inside. And uh, just when you least expect it, things come up and you got to fight. And I think what Matthew proved today and what uh, a lot of small business owners prove through 2020 and beyond 
is that you have to have the diligence and the persistency to want to want to do well. Resilience. And resilience. Because if you don't, you're just going to get knocked down. You're not going to get up. And uh, kind of like the Mets, you know, in the last 30 years. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Matthew, thanks again, man. Really appreciate thanks. the time. Right, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you, Matthew. See you I soon. Take care.